BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to a feminist movie, a Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> or whenever it, it comes out, because we're recording it on Wednesday. Yes. So <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Uh, we are today talking about CODA, which is an acronym uh, that stands for Children of Deaf Adults. And it was an Oscar-winning 2021 film written and directed by Cian Hayter. And I hope I'm getting that close to right. I looked it up, but I don't know. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> it is an English-language remake of the 2014 French film La Famille Bellier. Uh, and it follows Ruby Rossi, who's played by Emilia Jones, um, a child of deaf adults. Um the deaf characters are played by deaf actors, which shouldn't seem such a big deal, but it unfortunately is, it is <laughs> currently. Yeah. Um, though the financiers of this movie pushed back on that, and it was at the insistence of Marlee Matlin, who was the first deaf actor to win an Oscar and the first to sign on to this project. She plays the mom uh, who threatened to drop out otherwise. So... After that threat, they relented and were like, okay, we will cast deaf actors to play these deaf characters. About 40% of the film is communicated through American Sign Language. And Hayter learned for the production, uh, learned ASL. And they had two ASL masters, as they were called, on set. It's a critically acclaimed coming-of-age story, uh, though not without some debate uh, within the deaf community. And we're going to talk about that. At the end, um, it won Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Troy Kutzer, uh, who was the first deaf man to win an Oscar for acting, and Best Adapted Screenplay at the 94th Academy Awards. So spoilers, I guess. This is a recent yeah, film. Yeah, this is fairly new. I think 2021. So yeah, spoilers. But it, it was, I watched a couple days ago. It was really cute. Really liked yeah. it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot more than I thought. By the way, this the lead, the female lead, the young woman is actually in Lock and Key. And I was like, looking at her, I was like, I know her. You know how I do this thing where I yes, have to go back yes. and forth. Which, by the way, uh, Kutzer was in Criminal Mind. And I remember him in that. Oh. <laughs> Look <laughs> at that. Great. <laughs> he did great in that. Okay. And yes, he was a serial killer, but whatever. Uh, he was really good in it uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in that one episode. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, thought that was. Ooh, I thought it was good too. Definitely felt a little off, so I could definitely tell there was a bit of controversy in where it was uh, coming through an ableist person's lens. So mm-hmm. someone who who doesn't have, uh, who's not deaf. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, ah, this is definitely a perspective. It also reminded me of the Mr. Holland's opus. Have you ever seen that, that one? The no. Richard Dreyfus has a deaf son, and mm. uh, he is a composer and a music teacher, ah. and so he has to flip. It's like the flip script of like, oh, I have to show my son. I want him mm-hmm. to appreciate music. Here's this. Right, right. And that's one of the biggest points of contention about this is that music aspect, which we will talk about. Um, mm. We will talk about. Uh, but first, let's get into the plot. The film takes place in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and follows 17-year-old Ruby, who is the only member of her family, uh, parents Frank and Jackie and older brother Leo, with hearing. She is the titular Coda. She helps work at her parents' struggling fishing business, uh, a business she plans to work at full-time once she graduates. Um, And there's this local board meeting that Frank and Leo go to, and people are really angry at it over these sanctions and these fees that are making it harder for businesses to stay afloat, pun, uh, causing boats to disappear from the harbor. Frank announces he's going to start his own company to bypass restrictions and sell his own fish, and he calls on others to join him. The family depends on Ruby to spread the word so they can make the new business successful. After seeing her crush, Miles, sign up for choir, meanwhile, uh, Ruby does, she signs up too, uh, hoping to get closer to him. The choir teacher, Mr. V, pairs her with Miles for a duet and encourages her to do more singing, even trying to convince her to audition for the school he went to, Berkeley College of Music, and he offers her the same private lessons he was already providing Miles. Um, she agrees, but... All of this stuff stretches her thin um, as her family frequently needs her to be their interpreter. Uh, And this culminates in Mr. V becoming frustrated with her, alleging she doesn't really care about the music because she's often late or like falls asleep uh, Mm -hmm. in the lessons. Right. Yeah, because she has to wake up at three in the morning to go fishing and then goes Mm -hmm. to school and then goes to these lessons. That's Mm -hmm. impossible for anyone. Anyway. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So one day, Ruby goes swimming with Miles because, you know, Miles does something bad and he's a jerk and he has to apologize. Uh, <laughs> and this is a way of him apologizing. Sure. I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> after she and the family get into a whole fight, by the way, she decides mm-hmm. to go swimming with Miles uh, while Frank and Leo go out fishing, accompanied by a, f- a federal fishing observer who did not realize they were deaf. And when they do not respond to, actually, she apparently tattles on them, essentially, and calls in the Coast Guard to say that they don't have people. And when they don't respond to the radio calls and horns of the Coast Guard who abruptly jump on, like they're going to take people down. Yeah, it was really <laughs> dramatic. Uh, they receive a fine and had their fishing license revoked for a while. They get like a $2,500 fine. It's excessive. Yeah. Um, this is on top of the fact that they had to pay for this federal person to be on board to f- make sure they're right. filing like 
like following regulations. It was a lot of money. You could see why people mm-hmm. were angry. Yeah. Later, they have an <laughs> argument with Ruby, telling her that she should have been on the boat with them. While, and while she argued, she can't always be there to interpret. And this is not her fault. Um, after Frank and Leo appeal, they get their license back on the condition that they have a hearing person on board with them at all time. And Ruby tells him she'll join the business full time after graduation instead of pursuing college because they would have to, you know, they're like, oh, no, what do we do? Mm -hmm. This leads to another argument. Uh, While her parents are happy to know this, Leo gets angry and tells her that uh, she is talented and and she'll regret the decision not to go to college and that he is being treated like a baby. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions. The family mm-hmm. goes to the choir's recital Ruby is performing in, and though they can't hear her, they see how receptive and positive the crowd is to Ruby's singing. And later that night, Frank requests that Ruby sings while he fills her vocal cords, and he is overcome with emotion, leading to a shift in their relationship. Yeah, the mother the whole time is the one that's like, she can't go, she can't go. She did right. not seem moved by the concert. She's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she was like, well, she's doing cool. okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, she at the beginning she was like what if she's bad what if she's really bad i was like wow yes. i don't know if they're trying to make her look bad like this editing right. or this script is making the mom look really cold not cool <laughs> she, also, she has that line too in the beginning where she's like so if i was blind you'd want to be a painter right like i was like Dang. whoa this seems like this is really heated for and she's all jokey about it that there's no yeah. real like it's almost worse because it's like coldly <laughs> done with no care. But I was like, well, mm-hmm. okay, that's how we're going to interpret this character. How dare you do that to Marley? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so the whole family drives with Ruby to her audition to Berkeley, getting her there a little late. Once they get there, Ruby bumps into Miles, who wishes her luck and tells her he didn't make it, that he choked on at the mm-hmm. auditions. There's a rule on no guests at the auditions, but Ruby's family finds this a vantage point to watch. And so they're at this, like, upstairs balcony mm-hmm. and when she had forgotten her music Mr. V comes in who had supposedly left but came back right. and, and accompanies her because the other uh, person who was on the piano did not know how to play Joni Mitchell's song. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and Ruby because of all of these things is very nervous and Mr. V makes a deliberate misstep Miss Key so she can start again and after she catches sight of her family she becomes more confident and she sings and signs Both Sides Now by Joni Mitchell. Um, the judges notice the family and realize what is going on, uh, but she gets in and invites Miles to visit her. Meanwhile, the fishers in the community have been learning sign language so they can communicate. Uh, while her family drives away after she is dropped off at college, she signs that she loves them very much. Yes. End of story. Happy ending. 
Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. So by the way, Miles is Scottish. Uh This is something I always have to know. (laughs) And the girl who plays Ruby is English. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm always (laughs) like, ha, look at them in their accents. They did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) But let me mock them a little bit. But let me note that they... (laughs) I don't know why, but that always fascinates me when I'm like, oh, look at that. Okay, I would have never known. Good on you. Yeah, I was watching another... I've been in my back in my mountaineering. I don't know what is going on with me. Um, but I was watching Everest, uh, and it has Martin Henderson, who is an ex with a very southern accent. But he's also, isn't he in True Blood? And he has a like, anyway, I had a moment because he has a Martin New Zealand Henderson accent is, in I, Everest. Trying to you, remember. Know, you know who it is. Well, if like if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, (laughs) this is just the podcast where we like go on tangents about actors. (laughs) This is what I do in real life, though. Yes, let's be very honest. This is true. He was on True Blood. I don't know if he was. I don't know. No, I don't think. Oh, okay. I know you're talking about, but he definitely wasn't on True Blood. You're wrong. (laughs) All right, I accept that. I don't. I'm not like you, Samantha. Uh, it's a great anatomy. Oh, I wouldn't know about that. Um, I don't either. <laughs> oh, well, we've gone off the rails. We have, uh, but coming back to <laughs> yes. Everest and the accents. Well, we don't need to come no. back to that at okay, all. Fine. But uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I do I, think it's different because because of these actors, and especially being Ruby, she is using American Sign Language, and I've always thought that was interesting too because she's having to flip. Yeah. Not that she knew sign language to begin with, but you know, it's different mm-hmm. from different countries. So I wondered what the differences would be, and and her like adapting to that too. Yeah, um, and most of the cast and crew did learn uh, ASL, so I think it said it took her nine months. Uh, to learn oh. um, 
to be able to do it like very confidently because right. part of her role she does communicate right. through that um through throughout the film but yeah that that was an interesting aspect of it uh it is a very it's a very coming of age story it's a very feel good story and that was one of the critiques of it was the ending was so nice which is funny to me i get it i get it but it was like oh everything works out oh <laughs> but you know i think it's also i was surprised i was hesitant in watching this movie because i do feel like it's as voyeurism to a certain extent that i don't mm. in, uh, that makes me uncomfortable with yeah. anything like this but it also like there's a Again, the two sides to this coin is that it does make me uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable. You should be wanting to watch this. But it, what type of voyeurism is this? Is this learning, or are right. you just doing this in a like a almost fetishized way? Mm-hmm. Um, because also sign language is kind of like that too. I wanted to learn sign language. I think I, I feel like every person wants to learn yeah. sign language growing up. But then it looks like, okay, what is the reason? Do you truly want to? And then people who teach it and get obsessed with it, teach it incorrectly and then take away from those who actually, like the deaf Use teachers it. who are like, hey, don't do it that way. Please, you're messing us right. up type of thing. Like That's a whole conversation on TikTok that's been happening back and forth for a while right. now. People with good intentions not doing it correctly and then really right. throwing off an entire community of people who are like, this is our language. Please stop this. Right. And I think... When it comes to this movie, that was one of the that's one of the biggest critiques or just conversation points because people people did have a lot of thoughts about it. But one of the things is, you know, they had these two uh, ASL uh, people on set at all times. One of the things people wrote about that really resonated with me was. Again, those like small things um, that you don't know unless you that's your experience. Um, So you do. There are things in ASL. Uh, which I did take in elementary school. I would never, ever presume to be any kind of expert. But like, unless you speak in that all the time, you're going to, as a hearing person, kind of try to put it in a way a hearing person would put it. And it's not always that same way. Right. So that was one of the things people brought up is some of those differences they saw um, when watching this movie. Uh, And I would say... The conversation in the deaf community that came out after this came out, like no community is a monolith, but overall it felt like people were very torn uh, in that, like they liked a lot of, they liked a lot of it, but there were other parts that were like, this is actually damaging. Um, right. So, and that that's, it's complicated. And that was another thing a lot of people said is that, you know, there's the deaf experience varies and it is often very complicated. So um, it was just a lot of uh, talking around around that, and and the actors, they got all the phrase, which is great. They were great. There was right. also a lot of conversation around the depiction of the parents as uh, sexually active and self sufficient, because that's something we've talked about um, a lot of times. People with disabilities are desexualized in mm-hmm. media, so they were talking about that. I. Did see some conversation though about how <laughs> it was sort of used humorously, mm-hmm. like they were like very sexual, but it was very humorous. And I think like because unfortunately we don't have this representation a lot, then that feels almost like they aren't being very sexual. <laughs> like not right. sexualized is not the right word, but it's almost like it's being like used as a joke as opposed right. to like they're actually sexually right. active. 
I mean, I can see that because any joke. I, I wonder too, though, is also like the parents, the, the right. embarrassment for a child in general. And that can yes. be used in any way um, right. for any spectrum of communities. But like, I also thought that was interesting with the brother. Like, they made sure, like, he was always on Tinder trying to find a mate. And then he did hook up with a friend, which was not wonderful. But, like, it took it into, like, no, this is their sexual people. They're handsome. They're attractive. Like, all these things are attractive. Nothing, like, takes away. Their deafness does not take away from their uh, dating life growth. (laughs) I guess dating growth, whatever, however Mm -hmm. he has it. But, like, I think that that they did that uh, in a good light as well. But I can see, like, yeah, again, like, when I was talking about the reason I think people were so shocked about the good in- ending is most award-winning, especially when it comes to Oscars, it needs to be tragic or tragic porn yeah. for you to actually like it. So I, I I appreciated that. Like, it's a difference yeah. instead of seeing something go destroyed because of a disability or, right. you know, when we see the feel-good movies where someone has a disability and they die and everybody cries, you're like, that's awful. Why are we praising this movie? They don't have to die. Not right. every disabled person has to die to make mm-hmm. this a good film. What the hell? And which is a yeah. huge critique in the entirety of the film industry. So mm-hmm. I'm like, like it's kind of a double-edged sword. I'm like, well, the opposite way of not having a good ending is, is that better? Because we don't want that either, do we? Right. Right. I think, again, it has to do, so much of this is very complicated because there isn't this representation. So I think a lot of it was like people, uh, CODAs, who are like, no, that's not, that wasn't my experience, but I'm happy to see this representation. Right. Like, but because there's just so little uh, representation, yeah, that it's, I guess it's still, there's like a lot of work to be done. It could be so much better. (laughs) I mean, like, it absolutely holds true, like, that you're getting the crumbs. It's like you have to be appreciative because at least you have something. So why are you complaining? We finally gave it to you. I mean, that's that whole conversation. Like, uh, when Parasite came through and everybody was pissed, this is, you know, like, that they won. And people were like, why are you too lazy to read subtitles? Is that a hard thing for you? Are you you really struggling? But, like, stuff like that. And we had to be, you know, we, I'm talking about, like, Asian people, like, had to be grateful. It was a good film, don't get me wrong. But the entirety of the film was like, oh, well, look how these poor people... (laughs) And it also yeah. ended tragically. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Squid Games. Same thing. Everything is awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was definitely something I read a lot researching this was uh, people writing about like I didn't feel like I could critique it in any way because it's you know so rare. And the, and, and that right. they were legitimately like did like it, or at least parts right. of it, and were happy right. uh to like they did still see it as a huge deal of like representation that it wasn't a story about pity um but not being comfortable because it is unfortunately so rare because opportunities are so slim right to make any kind of public critique about it it is And, and again like for us who are hearing people we really don't have the right to say one way or the other. Like, we yes. can say we enjoyed the movie, we enjoyed mm-hmm. the acting, all that for sure, and that bias, but we can't really say one thing or the other because it's not our it's not our fight, it's not our conversation. It, this is not our platform to be able to be like, this is why it should be loved by all the deaf community because that's absolutely not true. No. <laughs> uh, and we should listen to the critiques. I did find it interesting. I don't know about you. Did you... You watched it on Apple, right? Which is yeah. not a sponsor. No, right now, not currently. <laughs> um, but the uh, intent. So when you watched it, did it have the subtitles for the ASL? 
Yes. So when I was reading it, because the what when, when I was watching it on a different platform, not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it did not have subtitles, and I was like, oh, "Oh no, no, what do I do?" So I had to go back through because again, forty percent of the movie is in ASL. I was like, "Oh no!" Mm-hmm. They intended not to actually like they did that on purpose. Like mm. it, it, it's provided for you can get it, but right. the idea was like that the hearing people would be left in the dark often as yeah. uh, people who are not hearing or who mm-hmm. are deaf who have maybe issues and not being able to access mm-hmm. uh, the subtitles or the uh, captions, closed captions. So I was like, oh, I guess I could try to watch it that way. I could not, by the way. I could not. <laughs> I was like, this, I can't do this. It's so frustrating. Ooh. So it kind of teaches you a little yeah. lesson. But that's I did read that, that in the intent. They didn't necessarily do it on purpose, mm-hmm. but they left it out Uh on right. purpose, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like with, yeah, with like, like you could go get it. Go. But, yeah, it's accessible, right. but we're not going to necessarily do it easily for you. Yeah, and you I was have like, to take huh, that that's interesting. Step, yeah. And I'm guessing like the like, streaming service, since it was produced by Apple, mm-hmm. um, they did they would provide that on their own streaming service. But I, of course, for me, I am now at the age I love subtitles and now cannot watch <laughs> movies without subtitles. So when we go right. to the theater, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm suffering. <laughs> right because i can't yes. see the subtitles i love yep. them and i feel yes. like i can't hear it correctly if i'm not looking at the subtitles mm-hmm. i think a lot of people all understand this yeah. uh but like yeah so that that's automatic so you might not you might not have known but according to one of the things that i read that was an intentional decision huh yeah that's interesting um and i did read a bunch from the creators that they did want to do stuff like that to like make you realize how many things that we take for granted um uh, as hearing people right i've um, been interested though so the anybody who went to the theater yeah and see this was the captions there like i, I don't yeah. i wonder how they had that did that i assume they did i'm assuming they did but because of the theater but like yeah that's just what i read in, in a couple of things well, this movie, one of the reasons people think it won, and I don't want to detract anything from it, but it came out during like COVID, which was when we were all like, mm. feel good, feel good. Oh. But it was, the, it caused another controversy it caused was, um, it was the first movie released directly to streaming that won an Oscar. And huh. people were very like, that's not a real movie. You know how they get. About streaming I versus. We, I <laughs> hope we've like let that go now because that's such I think a we silly have. take. I think we have, but it at the time people were still mad. <laughs> so it, it probably did. If it was on streaming first, then it very well might have had you had to go and put Maybe. on the captions. Like if, um, so, for those people who are unlike me who don't watch TV with <laughs> captions uh-huh. <laughs> on the regular, yes. how does it work? I guess yes. you can go and you can go find out, take off the captions. Yeah. Or maybe I'll do some investigating right after this. Get, get, get to investigating, girl. Oh, I, you know I love investigating. <laughs> well, okay. So another big piece of this conversation, which we did mention earlier, was the use of music specifically. Um, and the idea that deaf people can't enjoy it or people's reactions to it, um, being miserable that they can't enjoy it. That line I kind of made fun of earlier, would you be a painter if I was blind? I feel like they realized this was a thing. 
Mm-hmm. But they did it anyway for kind of right. drama, it felt like. <laughs> right. Well, and then I wonder, like, because Marley is very, very, very outspoken. She always has been. Like, I, I, she's one of the first, like, I will say the like, the two of them are probably the most well-known uh, deaf actors, in, especially now. But I've seen him on screen time more than any other act- deaf actors outside of Marley as well. So mm-hmm. I wonder... Like how much input they obviously Marley had like a lot of say so with the fact that she held out, which was amazing, which I'm again, like you said, I cannot believe that was even a conversation, Mm -hmm. but that they would not have been like this line is real, real bad. This line, this is not what I was saying, because, again, the Marley, like Marley, the mom's character was not likable. Like she wasn't. I didn't hate her like a lot of the other, but like she was not likable. It didn't quite make sense. And I don't know if it's because we wanted to sympathize with the daughter so much, which, by the way, is an ableist view. We've seen we've talked about it before, how they make uh, the caretakers a guardian angel as if they are a savior. And that's just Mm -hmm. as bad as anything else. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see here. So I wonder, like, if they're like, "Mm," because Marley's been self-sufficient because she can also communicate. She can actually speak um, pretty well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's read lips, but I think she's, she's able to read lips. And so, I like, she's self-sufficient. Like, she doesn't necessarily need that type yeah. of, you know what I mean? Like, right. a daughter to translate. That's related to another critique a lot of people had was it's unrealistic. Um, mm-hmm. It's unrealistic that there would not be an, an interpreter in professional settings. The ADA requires that. Yeah, I read that. Um, but, I mean, as we talked about, the ADA is not perfect, and it does require litigation sometimes. But, like, there should right. have been... Someone provided, but they owned a private business. Yes, so they yes. that seemed to kind of like go, go under the radar a lot of the times. Right. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy. And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. I wanted to include this quote um, from someone who uh, specializes in in deaf portrayals in things. Um, quote, when Beacom first saw the trailer of the movie, she thought the story must be set in the past. It was the only explanation she could think of for Frank and Jackie's dependence on Ruby instead of on professional interpreters, which have been mandated ever since the Americans with Disabilities Act passed in 1990. Acknowledging that interpreting services aren't always provided and that many children interpret in a pinch, Beacon pointed out that the script made no mention of this being a last resort for the family. The movie also rarely showed deaf people communicating through other methods, like video relay services, mobile phone apps, lip reading, or just plain old pencil and paper. Right. I'm not going to lie. That was like the rational part of me. I'm like, why wouldn't they just text like they're doing? That makes the mm-hmm. most sense. Why wouldn't they write? Why are they not writing things to each other? Like, I don't quite yeah. understand. Uh, it's not like pa- pen and paper don't exist. <laughs> right. And that's, I think, like the heart of most of every critique I read was this was still told from a hearing gaze. It had people on sets who were deaf, it had actors who were, and, I, and as you said, I'm sure, 100% sure that they did uh, raise points and, and were impactful, but ultimately, it was still told from a hearing gaze. Um, right. And it was very much about Ruby and, and you know, the CODA experience, too. Like, people who were CODA spoke up about it. Like, this is not, that wasn't my experience. Like... I do wonder about, like, when she talks about being young and and talking funny, as she says mm -hmm. in the movie, not not saying I'm saying that. uh, Mm -hmm. Is that a typical experience from Lakota? Uh, Well, that was one thing I read about, like, that line in particular, was that that's a thing maybe you can talk about and say if you are actually in the deaf community or Lakota who is in the deaf community. But, like, you know, like... As someone who isn't that, you shouldn't be making right. that comment, that joke like that. Because you're not, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know all of right. that stuff. Like, like that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's, maybe I'm I'm wrong. Maybe they're, like, insulated with only uh, deaf people. But she seemed to be surrounded by a lot of hearing people. So yes. that would seem like, I don't think that would be as prevalent yeah. as that would seem unless she was completely isolated in a community again we don't know they don't really talk mm-hmm. about that backstory because they, she also says you only see your deaf friends once a month yeah yeah that that was something that came up too and i think someone pointed out that she is uh she's kind of like the virtuous 
perfect like character like she wants to sacrifice for her family as you said but also she's kind of judgy about sex with her friends mm-hmm. uh, and her brother which again I feel like it's the strangeness between like I get it when your family and sex is weird but right. also it felt something about it felt very like virtue signaling um yeah there was too many yeah. storylines in this maybe again because <laughs> we open with her singing so you know mm-hmm. from jump oh she's got a good voice but she's singing around her <laughs> uh mm-hmm. deaf family so she doesn't know they don't know whatever whatnot right. here we go this is the this is a setup uh yeah. to like her loving singing and then her family not approving of it i was like i don't know if that's truly a thing i don't feel like Maybe I maybe I'm just being too open minded in that <laughs> that that families are like families who grow together, sure, but I don't think they automatically would have been like, No, no college for you. That seems so backwards. Nineteen eighty maybe. <laughs> right. Nineties even. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of it too was I I understand storyline wise. And I, I did, I really enjoyed the movie, but we, we you know, like storyline wise, I get the drama of it, but because it has so much like ableist stuff around it, the fact that she, her singing is the thing and they can't hear it and so forth, they must be miserable and she can't share it with them and they must be miserable. It's just not true. It's just like not a great <laughs> message. <laughs> I mean, they did say at one point that the dad really likes gangster rap, which I was like, can we just say hip hop? Can you just say yeah. hip hop? Like that's unnecessary <laughs> yeah. to say gangster rap. Like that's yeah. obviously a joke line there. But mm-hmm. like because he likes the beats. And I don't know if that's not true. Uh, right. But I know that I've definitely seen Artists talk about who are hard of hearing or composers who are hard of hearing talking about they hear the beat and that's how they follow and create music. And it's often amazing. Um, and it, that doesn't limit people uh, to do creating music. Uh, and it's the beat lines. But I, I'm like, wow, OK, that's yeah. I guess that's good. But at the same time, why are we saying it that way, y'all? <laughs> right. And that was another big scene that people were like, oh, no, that doesn't ring true, is when he feels the vibrations of her throat and Roby's right. singing and her dad feels the vibrations of her throat, which is a very emotional scene. But a lot of deaf people were like, that would be like feeling a ringtone of a phone or like feeling mm-hmm. it vibrate. And that it can actually be a traumatizing method used to teach deaf people on how to speak. So that was just kind of another instance where people like this obviously was not written right. by someone in the deaf community. I thought it would be a pretty touching moment. And then you're like, mm. Right. You should have consulted somebody. (laughs) Yeah. And again, so many people said that the experience is is very buried within the community. But still, yeah, like somebody I imagine would have been like, hey, (laughs) actually, that's kind of Let's rethink this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's rethink Um, this one. And again, this different, it's not uh, a singular experience. People have different Mm -hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. It is a singular experience, rather, uh, that the people have different experiences and individual experiences. But the conversation should be, maybe we should do it in a different way. I don't know. Like, I was thinking she was going to start signing yeah. the music to him to let him know the words and what it means. Uh, right. That was the, like, why, why wouldn't you go ahead and sign the song? Yeah. Maybe that's more difficult than to translate. I don't know. But I was like, yeah. okay, okay, we're just touching. We're just, yeah. we're just touching. Well, and then I had a moment of like, am I supposed to interpret this as he's so sad he can't hear her, which is, again, not the thing we should be doing. 
Or right. is it that he's like actually getting something from the vibrations? Right. Again, yeah. Is it like, oh, I want to be a part of this and this is the best way right. I can do it? Whatever, mm-hmm. whatnot. Also, the flip from the mom, again, like the next day, everybody decided to take her to Boston. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know the yeah. brother would have been on on top of it, but the mother, I was like, shouldn't we have a fight? No, she just doesn't care. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that was the moment where I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? Um, <laughs> it just but... <laughs> skips so quickly. We were all like, what's that? What's that? What just happened? Who's going where? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, something I read from um, Coda's too was that it didn't properly capture the things that they are more worried about or have to deal with. And one of them was uh, not being able to call in in a pinch if you really need to, especially in the case of an emergency. And then a lot of them, a lot of the articles I read brought up the scene where Ruby misinterprets for her parents as a joke, like you can't have sex ever. That's what the doctor is saying, which I also, as we said, I understand the underlying, it makes us uncomfortable as kids to think about that. But a lot of people, CODAs, were like, no, normally that that's upsetting. That's like, you don't do that. <laughs> right, right. Right. That's a big yeah. no-no, for sure. Like any any interpretation, like any, like yeah. we would have this whole conversation because when we would have uh, Spanish-speaking clients at uh, different things and they they would bring the kid and we're like we can't do this this is so bad because yes if they misinterpret like anything or leave something out this could be a pro- a huge problem right um and a violation for both us and the parents and so that should be a no-no to be given again like settings like doctors with privacy typically it shouldn't have ever been a child right yeah and, and i think one of the bigger one of the issues a lot of people brought up was that it was played specifically for laughs. Like, yes. it was used as a joke line. And a lot of people shared, like, their own personal stories of doing that in a medical sense um, and how upsetting it was. So yeah, that came up uh, a lot. I did find, I mentioned it recently. Who knows when the schedule things have come out. But I, I mentioned recently um, that I did find a paper about hearing loss. And interacting at big crowds. And I was really amazed at how many little, like, it's those little things where I was like, yes, I know what that is. I know exactly what that is that you don't know unless mm-hmm. you've, like, really lived it. And I feel like that that was throughout of the sort of hearing gaze of yeah. this movie is those those little intricacies. Right. I would say the one of the general vibes I got that was going back to what we were talking about earlier was a lot of people feeling very torn because they were glad the movie got made but wanting more um and not wanting hollywood to shy away because they were critiques like this i'm like mm-hmm. oh we can't do it because the deaf community wasn't happy oh right. never like not wanting that to happen and wanting to provide more support for movies like this and deaf creators but i know we've just been going over a lot of critiques and I, they're important like we have to talk about this i did really like it and i feel like mm-hmm. most people i read as I said, did enjoy it, but there were problematic, damaging right. things in there. And we have to talk about them. Yeah. And then in general, I think it's overall talking about taking a lesson. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, because of um, stigmas and so much ableist ideals, racist ideals, all mm-hmm. the things, you're never going to have a perfect movie. And you're yep. always going to have someone critiquing something. It's, that's yeah. going to be an obvious 
But when you hear a majority of people saying, this is the problem, we need to fix it, you need to listen. And again, as we talked about in our Feminists Around the World, when we talk about not including those marginalized people in every aspect of the thing, including screenwriting, including uh, production, yep. including editing, mm-hmm. then you're going to do cause these big like uh, conversations, which could be avoided if you brought them in at the jump. So right. the fact that Marley had to, in the middle of casting, threaten someone instead of it being ha- like handled from jump is a problem. Right. And that yeah. has to be talked about in general. So when we talk about these criticisms, it's not because we're like, oh, this is an awful movie. It was an enjoyable movie. I thought each actor did an amazing job with the character they had. Really grateful to see that they, they are being highlighted and they're starring in it. That's amazing. Like, we want to mm-hmm. give accolades to that. Now let's bring in people of color with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And marginalized people and people around the world who have their own different uh, cultural uh, ways of interpreting things. But the fact is that because it wasn't handled from jump, that's the problem. And that's mm-hmm. what you have to talk about. And we want to praise the fact that, you know, this uh, uh, woman who decided she wanted to do this, was excited to celebrate this type of lifestyle. It's beautiful. And we want to celebrate that too. But to truly celebrate is to understand you're out of your depth and you're going <laughs> to need to lean on the people who understand it. Right. Right. And I think that I'm, it sounds so uh, kind of cliche, but I'm glad we're having these conversations because I think one of the things this movie did do was for people who maybe have never thought about it, who have internalized ableism and didn't know, who maybe don't even know, I had never heard the word ableism before. Like, I'm hoping, I know it started some conversations and I'm hoping more and more people were reached through that and had more questions of like, there's more to this than just a coming of age, feel good story um, that we need to discuss. Yeah, you got to start from somewhere. And so even if it's from being wrong to being corrected, Mm -hmm. that's still a beginning. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, this movie was historic in a lot of ways. And uh, it's one of those things where we talk about it and I wish it wasn't so historic Mm -hmm. because it's 2021 when it Mm -hmm. came out. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was. So, uh, listeners, if you saw this when it came out, if you have any more information about how the uh, closed caption situation, <laughs> subtitle situation was, um, please, please let us know. If you have any thoughts about any of this, please let us know. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stepho Never Told You. Uh, we have a tea Public store. We can buy some merchandise. Uh, we have a book that you can pre-order. Uh, it comes out August 29th, and you can pre-order it at stepyoushouldreadbooks.com. You can also pre-order it on Audible. Uh, thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you all. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 